Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Traveling through time and space, it's the podcast of timey-wimey proportions, Podcastica. Now, here's John and Taylor. Thank you, Irving, and hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 102, The Curse of Peladon, here on NOTLG.com. This is Podcastica. My name is John, and joining me, as he always does, is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, how's it going? Hey, John, it's... uh going all right just kind of cranking through uh, an easy weekend trying not to think about all the fire and the fury that's going on elsewhere oh, no. yeah. um, i'm just gonna for now stay in this little bubble before i step back out of it and freak out how are you uh i'm doing uh quite well i actually just got back from uh visiting uh, friends of the show dominic and allison up in uh yes it's not exactly sacramento but it's um it's elk grove i believe I've got friends in Elk Grove. I know Elk Grove well. Uh, very nice place. They've got a lot of yeah. cool breweries there. And um, yeah, we uh, we hung out. Uh, we jammed a little bit. I don't know if you... I saw uh, You that. did see us jam. very cool. One Last Dance with Mary Jane. Yes. <laughs> very improv And uh, then we actually were like, you know what? We're all here. We should watch some Doctor Who. So we ended up watching uh, The 11th Hour. Yes, which um, I, think I saw that on your Instagram. Which is a um, we were like we want to watch a light episode, so we ended <laughs> up watching uh, we ended up watching that, which I would consider a a light episode. Fairly, yeah, it was good. Yeah. I um, smiled throughout, which uh, was great. I was like, ah, Matt, I miss you, man. Yeah. Um, but you know, we moved on and got the the P caps, and it's all good. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, before we get into the Who News, uh, two things I want to plug on this show. Um, NOTLG yeah. is actually going to have a booth at Long Beach Comic Con. Um, I do not have the the uh, the number of the booth, but as soon as I do, we will tweet it out and Instagram it out accordingly. We're going to be doing some giveaways. We're going to have some swag, stickers, buttons, and sunglasses. Sunglasses. What? Yeah, I know, right? I'm gonna oh have God. to uh, send you a, a pair. I was just gonna say, save me a sticker, but um... no, I'm good. You you get everything, sir. Oh <laughs> my God, it's like a PBS pledge break, and I haven't dropped a dime. Yet. <laughs> um, so it's gonna be me and uh, Miss Lauren Bancroft mm-hmm. hosting that booth. She's gonna be selling her hoodles. So if you're in the uh, Long Beach area, the first weekend in September and you uh want some adorable buttons with uh hoodles on them uh stop by that booth whenever wherever that booth is I'm not sure uh <laughs> Ernesto and Melanie of Yakety Cast will also be joining us as well as the voice of NOTLG uh Irving they're going to be uh, I guess like the street team they're going to be our street right. team they're going to hand out flyers and be like go to this booth and sign up for these giveaways that we're doing so um it should be fun, and I do have one right. other. I do have one other thing. Um, What's up next or this coming week? Because you're listening to this on Monday, um, I'm actually headed down LA way before um, 
Long Beach Comic Con. I'm actually going to be guesting on uh, Geek Say What Network's Geek Offensive. So um, it's we're going to talk about podcasting, and we're probably going to talk about Doctor Who, and we're probably going to talk about our Lord and Savior Tetsuya Naito winning the G1 Climax. <laughs> Praise yes. be to I... him. Uh, let me tell you, Taylor, I uh, couldn't sleep last night. I w- was randomly up at 3 a.m., and I was on my phone, and I watched um, the live tweeting of it. And boy, let me tell you, it was fantastic. I, you know, I have to admit, I'm, I am not a wrestling person. I, I'm only peripherally into it because you, as one of my best friends, is into it. Yeah. Um, and it, it is, it is enough that I actually get like, like I get wrestling stuff popping up in my Google News, uh, <laughs> like in the entertainment section, and I'm like, why? I'm, not, I didn't ask for. Oh, it's because I send stuff to John every now and then. <laughs> um, but I know, I know absolutely how much you are into this guy. So I'm, I'm so stoked for you that that he is. Uh, I'm, yeah. Thank you. Main yeah, eventing. No, he won a, the chance to. I, you know what? I could go on. If you want to hear me go on about this, uh, just listen to Tornado Tag Radio this week. I will definitely be talking about it. I don't want to um, waste any Hoovians' times with my. <laughs> excitement over needless stuff. to say it's exciting yes very exciting that's awesome so uh before we get into the curse of peladon we have some who news we sure do okay this first part is actually this is pretty big and and i'm honestly i don't think i'm gonna be able to make it up there but um Bay Area friends, or let's just say West Coast friends, if you are free uh, the first weekend of September and not already going to Long Beach Comic Con, uh, so September 1st through 3rd is also San Francisco Comic Con. Apparently everybody's got a Comic Con. Campbell's got a Comic Con. Stockton's got a Comic Con. Uh, Okay, sure. Yep. (laughs) Peter Flippin' Capaldi is going to be at San Francisco Comic Con on the Saturday and Sunday. So that's September yeah. 2nd and September 3rd. I just saw this on Facebook like a week ago and just about fell over. And I was like, okay, could I make this happen? Could could I, do I even, I hate driving into San Francisco. I hate going to San Francisco, period. <laughs> yes, um, me too. But I, I would, I would for this. Um, I just don't know that I'm going to be able to. That's really soon. And, um, you know, as it is, we've got a lot of money trying to go toward the purchase of a house. So. Yes. Oy, uh, yeah. But if you can make it, God, by all means, make it go see the man, the myth, the legend up in San Francisco. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, I, as just previously stated, I will be at the Long Beach Comic Con. Yeah. Um, they announced this very late, which was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My coworker, who is, um, I forget, he watches Doctor Who. He's like, hey, Pingle, did you see Capaldi's going to be at the San Francisco Comic-Con? I'm like, yes. And he's like, are you going? I said, no. He said, why? And I told him why. And he was like, oh, that's still pretty cool. And I said, yeah, you're right, I guess. You know, I, I will say this. with I've seen reports on just how, you know, Capaldi's like, look, I will always make time for fans of Doctor Who. Well, um... What's he doing? Which I think uh, is great. What's he doing in February? 
what's he doing? I know, right? <laughs> I know, but that's that's where I'm going. Is is my hope is that you know maybe maybe not this year. Who knows? Um, but I would like to think that sometime soon with the the gravitas, let's say that Galley One has, is yes. that we would get to get there. I would hope so. You know, um, speaking of Peter Capaldi, uh, the the Christmas special. We'll, uh, we'll see the first and twelfth doctors butt heads over quote unquote casual chauvinism. Um, and I'll have a link to this. I remember story. that 90s band. Yes, casual chauvinism, right? Very shoegaze kind of, uh, dream pop, uh, yeah. kind of stuff. I'm just going to make up music <laughs> genre terms now. I don't know. Dream pop. There probably is some. There's probably a thing called dream pop. I would not be there surprised. Probably, I, shoegaze is real. I mean, shoegaze is real, thing. yeah, because you're so sad. Oh. All you do is look at your shoes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go listen to some 90s stuff tomorrow now. Thanks. Dashboard. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Um, so I'm going to uh, put a link to this in the show notes. But obviously, the way that the Doctor interacted with his companions in the 60s uh, is, is much different than how the Doctor interacts with his companions now. And so it sounds like 12 is going to kind of see some of that behavior in the first back Doctor and be like, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? <laughs> we're going to get this kind of like 60s versus early 21st century kind of sensibilities uh, clashing there. So that, that, that will be uh, entertaining at the very least. Yes. Yes, it will. Um, and, uh, second to last tonight, the, the, um, I think it was a fourth doctor story, Shada, the, the lost Douglas Adams story of season 17 is finally going to be completed with animated segments, kind of like how power of the Daleks was completed. Oh boy. Uh, you said the magic words. Quite, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Hopefully it won't be quite animated quite as herky jerky. Um, but, but this is one of those things where it's not just, um, from what I understand, and again, I'll have a link to this one as well. Um, they're not just using the pre-existing audio. I think they are getting back as many people oh. from the original cast as possible to redo the lines. Um, that is very but, cool. Yeah, that is very cool because unlike Power of the Daleks, where you know you've got audio and you've got these long silences, where it's like, oh, okay, geez. what do we animate here? We probably won't have that with this, so I'm I'm much more hopeful for this. And this is, I mean, this is a story of legend. Yes, uh, and and the the ability to see it, uh, you know, kind of redone and completed was is very exciting for me. And um, uh, speaking of Douglas Adams, uh, I yes. just actually finished watching um, Dirk Gently last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good series. Um, it's coming back for a second season. You guys should definitely check it out. Um, very bizarre, but also very awesome. They did a great I, job. Know, I feel like, I almost feel like I should click this article open really quickly because I feel like the idea behind Shada actually... Um, Turned into Dirt I, Gently? I think so. I'm going to open this really quickly and see if I can scan it. Uh, this is... I'm sorry, folks. I'm making you wait for this. Um, they can wait. Uh, they can wait. <laughs> Here, you know what? Control F, Dirk. Uh, nope, zero of zero. Um, maybe I'm totally wrong on that because I thought. Geez. Well, I wonder. I wonder if I do. Yeah, a, uh... boy, that's not. So that's... I'm doing Don't a quick doing a quick um, Google search here. 
You want to search that up real quick while I hit our last story? Yeah. Okay, so earlier this evening, um, uh, via the Doctor Who News website, uh, caught word that uh, actor, writer, and inventor of the sonic screwdriver, Victor Pemberton, has passed away at the age of 85. Uh, he's one of a select group of people to have both written for and appeared on Doctor Who. Uh, this was very hmm. much uh, a, a classic Who, second Doctor, third Doctor um that fourth as well i believe i'm kind of scanning the article yes um oh yes because he wrote the audio adventure uh doctor who and the pescatons which was released in lp and cassette uh so that was one of those uh i think it was repressed for uh no that was that was genesis the daleks that was repressed for record store day i'm sorry going off an old old bit of information there um, but uh, he has passed away, and uh, I actually have that record right behind me. You do, yeah, yeah. So, mm. uh, in addition to writing uh, "Fury from the Deep," which saw the departure of Victoria from the series, I'm reading from the article now. It also saw the introduction of an iconic object that would forever be associated with the Doctor: the sonic screwdriver. So, oh, uh, Godspeed, Victor Pemberton. Thank you for the yes. sonic screwdriver. Yes. I love the sonic screwdriver. I know some people have grown sour on it, but I love it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so I'm I'm reading uh, the Dirk Gently Holis- Holistic Detective Agency Wikipedia page, and the writing, yes. uh, the genesis of the novel, was in two serials written by Douglas Adams, City of Death and Shada. So, oh. yes, um and I'm reading it, and I can confirm that those elements, yes, are indeed in uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And you, man, you got to watch this show. It's very good. I, I will put it on the list. Uh, you know, Orphan Black has just finished up. Killjoys has got only a couple episodes left before their season ends. And so I'm going to have a gap, uh, and I may just stick Dirk in there. Should. That's not it. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, um... Shall we? We shall. All right. So this week we watched The Curse of Peladon starring John Pertwee as the Doctor, Katie Manning as Joe Grant, David Troughton, that name sounds oddly familiar. Shouldn't it? Yes. As Peladon and Stuart Fell as Alpha Centauri. And it uh, the voice of Alpha Centauri is uh, Usain Churchman. And I feel like we agreed I was going to say it one way and then I said it the other way. So yeah, I, I know it's I'm not sure if it's Usain, Usain. Or Usain or Sane. I don't know. I've never actually heard anyone else pronounce it and no one has hopped on to Twitter to correct me. So uh, we're doing our best, folks. So uh, it was written by Brian Hale, uh, Haley's Brian Haley's. And directed by Brian Hales. Hales. I did say Brian Hales. Man, uh, remember when we practiced this before? I do. Uh, And (laughs) directed by uh, Lenny Main. It first aired January 29th to February 19th, 1972, and is the second story of season nine. We've got, surprisingly, not a lot of story notes for for a classic episode. Yeah, it wasn't as heavy as some uh, some episodes. Um, though common today, this was actually the first Doctor Who story to be broadcast in a different order from which it was made. Really? And I know that, yes, 
right? It's all very common nowadays. Oh, you know, we've got these directors and these writers and they're, they're doing episode three and episode seven. They're recording that as a block and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. It's, it's all incredibly common today, but up until this point in Doctor Who lore, uh, and production, they literally recorded and aired them in the same order. Huh. And so this was the first one to break from that. Well, they ruined everything. <laughs> uh, you well, can pinpoint it now. In, what's that? I said you can pinpoint it now where they ruined there everything. Go. God. Sure. <laughs> um, so John Pertwee sings the Venusian, 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 I'm not sure, the Venusian lullaby to the tune of God rest ye merry gentlemen. And we last heard this Venusian lullaby in The Demons. Did we really? We did. Oh, my goodness. I, I feel like it it sounded more like God rest ye merry gentlemen in this episode than it did in The Demons, which I think Gallifrey Public Radio is about to do a uh, review of. Um, when I heard that that was coming up, I'm like, oh, yes, that's a classic <laughs> Bonkers era. Or maybe it's Radio Free Scarab. God dang it, I listen to too many podcasts. Oh, boy, there are too many <laughs> podcasts, and you can find a bunch of them on notlg.com. Nailed it. Plugs. Nice. Good job. <clears throat> so, Taylor. Yes. As always, you have a world-famous trademark synopsis for us. <laughs> Indeed, I do. So the doctor and Joe take the TARDIS for a test spin after replacing the blinker fluid only to find themselves in a bit of mystery, intrigue, and intergalactic politics with a race of people who modeled themselves a bit after Prince. Hmm. And while things unfold, we get a minor lesson in the importance of the separation of church and state. Well, that got me real good, apparently. <laughs> so, Taylor, I didn't see in the credits where this was um, a Sid and Mary Croft production. I didn't see that. I <laughs> HR puff and stuff. Where was that? I didn't see it. Um... I, it was way <laughs> down toward the end, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the Galactic Federation is mainly made up apparently of green people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think I actually have it, that written down somewhere. Why is everyone green? It totally It is The Ice Warriors, uh, Arcturus, uh, uh, Alpha Centauri, and Arcturus. Um, Arcturus itself, I think, made from literally the leftovers of everything possible in the prop room. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, like, definitely. what on earth? A Agador this? also could have been a uh, Croft production monster. Yes, I think, although uh, I, I have it on reasonable authority, meaning my own headcanon, um, that Agador is, is actually a proto-version of Bebop from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, well, I have it written down that this has to be where Man, Man Bear Pig came from. <laughs> yes. Man Bear Pig. Uh, now, granted, his Agador's first appearance, well, quote-unquote, appearance in the episode, my, my note is, ah, real monster. <laughs> <laughs> like, some 90s, you know, Nicktoons kid is going to get that. Yes. And, and, smile. and and uh yeah our real monster is great you got a smile out of me so and I, I am a Works 90s child a child that lived in the 90s coming oh, this summer who lived the 90s. damn i'm old <laughs> all right where so uh my first note is man these dudes got some sweet hair and beards 
I, you know, that was more my second note because everything has to open with a stormy castle. Yes. Um, but I feel like it, it's kind of weird on Peladon, and I'll just say this in general for the whole story. There's a lot of confusion in my own head between, okay, what is the name of your planet versus what is your name? Yes. You I know? Th- was his name not Peladon? No, no, no. His name was Peladon. I'm starting... I don't think they actually name the planet at any point unless it's also named Peladon. But then we have, now granted, they always say the ambassador from Alpha Centauri, but then it becomes Alpha Centauri. And then Arcturus yes. is a star. But and is, is also, also that dude's name. A, a, a box with, <laughs> like, you know, kelp with googly eyes on it. <laughs> and, a death, and a death has, satellite. And a death satellite. And a disco like shroud thing and it's spoiler. just like it's a spoiler what is even like i don't even know what the uh like just the green goo that's kind of like i don't know where it's coming from or what it does it's just there yeah somebody was real drunk when they put together <laughs> what do you yes. want from me it's just some yep. guy passed out in the prop room this is what it is just whatever give it a funny voice well, I really, I think he is part jukebox because he's got you know yeah. the, the the little slinkies that come off the side that feed into the bubble tubes. So ridiculous. Um, I think if somebody wanted to, like everybody's out there, you know, doing, I'm going to do this like this prop build of a Dalek, or I'm going to build my own canine. You don't see anybody building their own Arcturus. Well, uh, if you come That's to Gallifrey healthy. One this year, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I bet you. I mean, I look at that and I'm like. Somebody give me $6.80. I think we could do it. Yeah, probably. May not be full scale at that price. But... Yeah. So, um, I mean, we open in a, a throne room. And actually, I'm going to say this right now. This is one of my last notes I had. I did not notice that Peladon was wearing shorts with very long boots. Yes. I didn't notice that until the end either. But they've got very Roman looking guards. Yes. And everyone else is like, we're going to dress like Prince. <laughs> And we're going to color just the center of our hair and a little bit of our beards. Yep. And they all have, they're all wearing purple. Um, and I believe it's, it's Hepish. Yes. Hepish. Hepish. Yes. Hepish and Tolbish. I know. I didn't even catch the Tolbish part. And I'm like, but with Hepish, I'm like, why do you give this guy who's got a lot of lines and a lot of people talking to him the most kind of, I don't know, flimsy sounding name, Hepish. Yeah. I mean, he commanded a lot. Like, I enjoyed him as an actor. I thought he did a great job. Absolutely. But his name was Hepish. (laughs) Maybe he saw that and he said, you know what? I'm just going to go hard in the paint with this character. (laughs) They'll remember the name of Hepish. (laughs) And we got curses, and I don't even know what's going on. They're arguing about treaties and politics and... All that stuff, and Tolbish goes, I'm out of here, and he leaves and uh, unfortunately is eaten by, or not eaten, he's just kind of knocked over. Apparently that's how Agador kills people. He just (laughs) slightly knocks them over and they immediately die. Yeah, he's got a really, I guess, good swing. I guess so. Yeah. He's got that home run swing, he's nailed it. Um, (laughs) Tolbish is, is, he's dead. And the curse is, is, it's a going on. Meanwhile, on the outside, uh, and I actually, my first note is, is this our first adventure with uh, 
Like, and I mean, us as in you and me reviewing yeah. on this little podcast we have. Um, is this our first adventure with uh, Pertwee being able to remember how to fly the TARDIS? Uh, if we discount him test flying just the center console to a parallel dimension ah. with Evil Brig, <laughs> you know, if we if we want to look at it as a fully functioning, you know, TARDIS, then yes, absolutely. Uh, this is our first adventure with uh, Pertwee. Uh, doing that well it's it's technically it's his first right it's his first adventure at least well yes doing the without the test drive yeah all right because i was like was the daemon not the daemons what am i thinking of yeah i am (laughs) thinking of the daemons right or the demons you're thinking of are you thinking of inferno that's what i'm thinking of of inferno with evil brig with eagle yes with evil brig yeah they test they test flew in that well the console Really? Isn't that how they got between? Oh dear! Don't 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 make me doubt myself all of a sudden. All right. Well, I will take your word for it because I can't remember. I'm just being contrary, I guess, because I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> so we get out of the TARDIS. We're hanging out, and uh, the Doctor's like, "Yeah, I know how to." That was a pretty good landing um, on the edge of a cliff. And look, he mm-hmm. tried. Okay, he tried. It's a, he's a bit he rusty. Yeah. Seeing as this. Um, this regeneration has never flown the TARDIS until, like, now. So let's give him a break, everyone. And the TARDIS falls. It takes a tumble. And I love that Joe's like, I love Joe's like, it's been destroyed into a million pieces. And he's like, no, it hasn't, Joe. It's an indestructible. And I'm like, can't <laughs> she see that it's indestructible? I found, like, she was looking at it the entire way down. Wouldn't she see? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, nice, nice little bit of model work there. Yes, I enjoyed With the that. tumble. Yeah, I did. Um, and uh, we we go back. We need to talk about uh, Alpha Centauri. Um, okay. My first, my first and only note is um, F. The heck is this? <laughs> <clears throat> um, I, I don't even know. Now, see, we we had just recently seen uh, Alpha Centauri, which uh, was in the episode with the uh, ice the ice queen. Do we call her the ice queen? Yeah, Emperor, em- Empress of Mars. The Empress of Mars. So we have just recently... So then we get... It's like, oh, as soon as we see the ice warriors, I go, oh, okay, now it makes sense. We're tying that mm-hmm. back together. So they have dealt with them before, so I'm sure there's some history book in the ice warriors. I don't know. I'm sure they have a library somewhere. They don't really seem like readers. Yeah. No, they don't do that. <laughs> no, they do not. Um, <laughs> but I was very excited to see the... the uh, Ice Warriors. I was like, oh, cool. Ice Warriors are in mm-hmm. this. This is cool. I did not know that. Another yeah, green yeah. alien. <laughs> Say that one more time. I said another green alien. Yes. Yet another green alien. And so we're we're basically, we're trying to get this meeting together. Um, I called them the, the delegates of uh, funny voices. Um, <laughs> they are definitely that. So we're trying to get them all together, but we have to wait for the delegate from Earth, the representative from Earth. And, uh, who should stroll in after Joe finds this tunnel? I love that. It's, she's like, doctor. And he turns and she's like, he's like, well, where did she go? She's like, look at this tunnel I found. Mm-hmm. More on the tunnels later. And, uh, you know, we kind of we kind of walk into this situation. They're like, oh, there they are. Hey, you come over here. Yeah. And they kind of talk their way into this situation or the doctor kind of does. And we uh, 
were masquerading as a princess and the delegate from Earth. And uh, Peladon, he, he got a crush on uh, Joe. And, you know, to, to Joe's credit, I mean, she just kind of like steps up and is like, of course I'm a princess. I'm Princess Bisping. And, yes. you know, she just like she doesn't miss a beat. I feel like, you know, I feel like in modern who we 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 it's almost like I feel like I see it a lot in shows today where people you kind of get this like, oh, uh, um, yes. I'm a princess. Hello. How? And it kind of, they kind of have to warm to it. There's, there's this kind of comedy and like the awkwardness of the moment, but to have Joe just kind of be like, okay, this is a role I'm playing. Boom. And you're just off. And she's like, yes, here I am. How are you? Yes. Here's my Royal wave, whatever, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, and speaking of, um, uh, Katie Manning and Joe Grant, because now, now, now that we're in the castle, we've we've moved on from the uh, scenes outside where they're trying to kind of climb up uh, to the front door of the castle. I I actually tweeted from the podcast account at uh, Katie Manning saying that we were reviewing the Curse of Peladon this week. Do you have any memories uh, from that story that you would want to share with listeners? Um, and and bless her, she actually took the time to respond. Um, and and she says, many, but climbing up the mountain in frock and heels in a simulated gale force winds, my top and bottom eyelashes knitted together. Oh, the glamour. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. So I made a point of, you know, telling her thank you for that because that really was... That was super nice. Yes, that was really cool for her to do that to respond to us. That's great. That's there was yeah. a lot of um, climbing. <laughs> it seemed right. There was. <laughs> they really uh, used that wind machine. They did to and the full effect. Watched uh, that episode after getting that tweet. Yes. You know, I, I really felt like you could kind of see spots where like they kind of scramble up the rocks and stop and you you really i mean the hair's in her face and you're just like okay yeah she really can't see what she's doing very well <laughs> she did find that cave though or that tunnel she did and she did a good job at that <laughs> and um all the aliens want to know about uh agador and what's going on they want to know if this thing's real and I love that Peladon's just kind of like, oh, um, yeah, I had this guy, and then he met a horrible death like 25 minutes ago, but don't worry about it. We're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And I totally have the note. I'm like, dude, have some decorum. Don't talk about mysterious deaths in front of the guests. I know, right? You, I figure that's one thing you wouldn't want to mention to them. Yeah, well, I mean, we see how some people these days, you know, don't really, you know, mind their politics around well say tweeting it to the world but well dive down that hole will we no we will not not on uh not on this episode no so we're seeing everybody out of the uh, what is it the the what would you call it the, oh, the president's room? room the throne room thank you yeah it's one of those things and uh we end episode one with a giant statue falling over and everyone's gonna die yes and and I think right before that we also get a disapproving look from the doctor. I think the dis the doctor disapproves of your flirting, Joe. Yes, he was not. <laughs> uh, he didn't enjoy that. But uh, Peladon Peladon got a crush on Joe. So we'll see what happens there. 
Indeed. Part two, um, you know, the doctor, as he does, saves everyone. It's very weird to see uh, because the doctor, the first time he sees the Ice Warriors, he's like, yeah, I've dealt with them before, but uh, he still saves them. Just like to point that yeah. out. As doctors do. Indeed. Uh, one thing I noticed about Joe is um, she is always sneaking around. Yeah, um, yeah there's a at, lot of Joe sneaking around. Yeah, she was story. sneaking around at um, any moment. She was just sneaking around. Yep. Like this statue fell, she was gone. Uh, yep. I feel like there's another part later where she's just like, all right, I'm out of here. There's like two or three more parts in the story where uh, Joe's just investigating. Exactly. And everybody's freaked out, and Peladon's like, I'm not keeping you guys prisoner, but, um, you know, I'm keeping you prisoner. No, he didn't say that. That didn't <laughs> But But no, really, stay in this room. And Peladon, he keeps trying to get Joe to be an ally, and she's like, nah, I'm a neutral party. Yeah, yeah there's, there's elements of, like, Peladon and Joe that feel like, is this just like a low-budget rom-com going on here? Yeah, there, there were... Definitely elements of that where, uh, you know, will they, won't they? Well, and I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead here, but, but by the end, you know, when Peladon's like, you know, Hey, mystery solved. Um, sure. You don't want to stick around and be my girl. (laughs) Do you want to be my queen? (laughs) Y'all want to be my queen? Yes. Queen. Yes. queen. Um, And, and she's like, you know, you're, you're a nice boy and all, but, um, I gotta go, and he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna keep asking." And I'm like, "Peladon, you oh, just achieved creeper levels." Oh, Peladon, that's like that's not cool. Respect the no. Respect the no. Be be uh be all right with hearing the no. Exactly. Will make your life much easier. <laughs> so we who knocked over this uh this giant statue? Who is We're it? All... The doctor. I mean. Yeah, well, we know who it is, but who is behind it? Because let let's oh, face it, I'll just tell you right now. I have a note here for it's it's Gron, right? Grum, 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 G R U M. But I didn't uh, look it up. Uh, he is the lassie of this episode, and um, I saw that note and just started laughing so hard because yeah, he and I, I I've got a note where he feels like somebody out of a Mel Brooks film because he can't talk. All he can do is grunt. I don't think there's any explanation given as to why. Yeah, th- there's no explanation. It's just like, here he is. <laughs> what is it, boy? <laughs> Who fell down? Joe fell down the well. <laughs> it was so, it was, I was just, every time he'd come on screen. Wait a minute. Who's there? H, yeah. that person? Well, let's go. Wait, you want me to follow you? I was like, what is happening? Just please stop. This is not Lassie. He is not an adorable dog. No. No, Lassie was much more adorable than Grum. Um, so Grum, obviously not the uh, the brains behind the operation. Uh, so we're trying no. to figure out who it is. <laughs> and the doctor, obviously, he's like, the Ice Warriors did it for sure. And I actually really like this, uh, this scene between Joe and the doctor. I thought it was, uh, it was really cool where Joe's like, you know... I kind of feel like you got us into this mess. Like you did this whole like, oh yeah, I'll, we're we're these people, and here we are, and we're gonna, yeah, to- we're totally the delegates. Yep, and she totally's like, you did this on purpose. Like we could have left a while mm-hmm. ago, and he's like, oh Joe, whatever. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't really say much, but he doesn't say whatever. He does say something very surprising later, which I will we will touch upon. So yes, the scene with the scene with uh, with Joe and the Doctor very enjoyable. Just you know, I always like when we get a little uh, a little downtime conversation between the companion mm-hmm. and the doctor and i just i liked that she was like okay let's not jump to conclusions on these guys clearly you've you've run into them before but i don't think it was them and yeah. she's like i don't know we do we get a we get a good bit of you know who done it discussion uh in this episode um i i, I like that you know even even ever so slightly, we explore the gender issues of the 70s where oh. uh, Joe's like, yeah, Alpha Centauri, is he, I mean, she, I mean, and he, the doctor's like, no, 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 it's an it. It's a hermaphroditic exopod. Yes. And she's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's basically what happens. And um, we actually find out that uh, Tolbish seems to be, uh, does a bit of a, a heel turn here. And he seems to be behind a little bit of this, and he he declares that the doctor is the enemy, like a jerk. You mean Hepish? Oh, I have Tolbish. Why do I have Tolbish? Because Tolbish like died in the first three minutes of the episode of the story. Man, I meant Hepish. See, his name was not strong enough, so I completely forgot it. Yeah, name. See the T. It's a it's a hard T, like Taylor. That's a strong name. Thank you. You're welcome. He's strong like bear. Like... <laughs> Pig bear. Man the bear pig. Man the bear pig, yes. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, Hepish is, uh, he seems a little crooked here. You know, he's like, I, I'm doing this for the good of our people. And, okay, all right, sure you are. And somebody messed with, um, there, there's a lot of mystery going on. We see uh, that, and I'm forgetting the poorly put together Arturus is uh somebody's messed with his life support system he's trying to frame the doctor the doctor's like I'm trying to save him and he in the middle of trying to save uh this life uh we're pointing fingers at uh the the ice warriors are like well clearly the doctor we caught him in the act he's like exactly he's like I'm trying to help it was probably you guys and they're like us and while they're having this uh this argument, Joe is just sneaking away, <laughs> which was yeah. honestly my favorite part because he's like, Joe, stay put. And she's like, sure. And then immediately just turns around and leaves. Exactly. And this is all like classic, you know, mystery. You know, yeah. you, you run in to save somebody, but somebody else comes in uh, and it looks it looks like you're murdering someone. It, like yeah. just completely by the book mystery. Um, but yes, Joe sneaking away. Just classic. And, she, and of course. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm just, I was going to the same spot you were going. Well, I was going to say she, because she's like, all right, well, I'll prove it wasn't the Ice Warriors. So she goes into uh, their um, their room, and uh, mm. the other Ice Warrior who is not in charge and is not wearing a strange helmet, um, he kind of looked like, didn't he kind of resemble uh, Darth Helmet a little bit? Uh, the Yes. The, the guy in uh, charge? Yes. I didn't put that together till now because I was trying to describe his helmet, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's basically the top half of the helmet from Spaceballs." The, yes, there is very much that uh, aspect to it, and and his um, I don't know what to call you, attaché, second in command, whatever you want to call him, the, the more traditional yes. looking 
uh, Ice Warrior for for being you know like the big burly dude. He has got absolutely the softest voice. <laughs> yes. Anyone in his cast. Yes, which is insane because he's an Ice <laughs> Warrior. And I get it. They've got kind of like the hissy, yes, sounding voice. But yeah. th- this was really this was soft. Do you this know what? Legit- soft the first time the ice warriors came on on uh on screen i heard someone talking but you know sometimes you can't see their mouths move or whatever Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i mistook the voice i i almost wrote down a note that was like you mean to tell me we have a giant pickle with an eye and we have we have uh who has like the the like hr puff and stuff voice and then we have this um punch bowl upside down robot thing and it has a crazy voice too but the ice warriors have a normal voice i was actually mistaking the voice for um it was peladon who was talking uh, (laughs) but they uh, were showing the ice warriors and i went no way they didn't they (laughs) told them not to do a voice that is insane um i really enjoyed because as we said doctor obviously you know running with the ice warriors before and i mean I assume people watching the show also are like, you know, when you're watching it live, you go, oh, these Ice Warriors, they're up to no good. I remember them. But uh, I did like that the Ice Warriors ended up not being the threat. Oh, no, quite the contrary. I mean, they they very much come to the Doctor's defense, especially in the last part of the story. Oh, yes, which is just, it's great because uh, they're they're like, hey, it's not us. He saved our lives, Mm -hmm. and we are in debt to him until, you know, whenever we decide not to be anymore but for now we're we're going to we're going to help you out here so um i thought that was really cool it's a it's a it, it was a good misdirect yes definitely can i ask a question because we find out that uh uh peladon is half human yes and it's a very like throwaway line like oh by the way my mother was human all right well uh, see exactly. you later yeah and and so I have to wonder if, if Peladon's dad found that Earth Girls are easy. Oh. Um, right after football on Sunday nights. <laughs> Who was in that movie? Was Jim Carrey in that movie? Ooh. Or am I thinking of a different movie? I feel like if I'm correct, and I'm going to look mm-hmm. it up, it was Jim okay, Carrey. Uh, I believe it was Jeff Goldblum. And then I believe yes. it was... Um, was it Gina Davis? Gina Davis, but I'm trying to remember the third guy was Damon Wayans. And yep, Gina uh, Davis, Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans, Jeff Goldblum. Wow. And Julie Brown, who I assume is, uh, is it, nope, I don't know who that is. Never mind. No, I don't think that's downtown Julie Brown. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to assume it's downtown <laughs> Julie Brown, but it was not. Old school MTV. Yeah, when we used to show music videos. Anyway, that's a different podcast. I guess. I don't know. It's a podcast. Just look it up. You'll probably find it. There you go. We don't have it. That's the one podcast we don't have. So we're kind of... Everything the Doctor does is kind of being set up to where, like, at the end of part two, he he enters this this uh, this temple. Oh, yeah, because he's <laughs> down amongst the tunnels. He's in the tunnels, and they're like, hey, you're not supposed to be in here. You You're defiling things. We're going to kill you. And we basically find out that yeah we're gonna we're gonna go through this we're gonna go through with the uh, the doctor being executed. But in part three, he goes, hold on a second, I don't think that's gonna work. And Joe is pleading with Peladon as well, 
because yep. she she knows that he's got a crush. So <laughs> and gonna work it. I feel like they do they present him with the challenge of fighting Grum. Uh, basically, yeah. I mean, what you've got is you've, you've got Hepish pushing really hard yes. as, as a high priest to be like, no, dude, he's got to die. No, really. No, stop asking why I'm saying this. No, no, really. He's, he's good. No, there's nothing behind the curtain. He's got to die. He looked at a statue. He has to die. Yeah, basically. He happened to walk in on the statue of Agador while it was showering. He's yes. got to die. Well, uh, you, you know, I, I feel like, um... Maybe if all of your doors weren't made of like a rug, uh, maybe he wouldn't just be walking in on places he shouldn't be walking into. I feel like they have the door technology. Well, yeah, and and it seems as though that every single uh, torch in this castle opens something. Yes, absolutely every single one. They saw a movie where a torch opened a door, and they were like, "We need that for all of our doors." Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Now I don't know if that's a selling point or not, but they, you know, would probably want to list it on the. On the it could be. List. Yeah, yeah. They'd probably bring the uh, price up a couple of maybe hundred. Yeah, thousand. Axe, I don't know. However much. Um, uh, but yeah, basically, Peladon's like, nope, sorry, my hands are tied. My hands are tied. Yeah, Joe, you are really kind of cute. I've seen you with the Dalek before. So, <laughs> oh, okay. There, there is this other thing you know you could fight to the death in our you know rope thunder dome dinner theater place and yes um you know whoever wins you know medieval times yeah pretty much so yeah you've got to fight lassie over there so my note for this is oh man we're gonna see some sweet karate moves i know it i'm so excited heck yeah some of that venusian aikido and uh there's (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure I heard this uh this line correctly. This is when um Peladon is saying, Joe, I want to marry you. And I feel he says does he say his man feelings? I have that I, written down. I, I'm um, not sure. I would actually have to go back and rewatch that. I feel like I wouldn't be clever enough to come up with the line his man feelings. That's what I have written down. His man oh. feelings want him to marry Joe. Um so <laughs> If I randomly did come up with that, uh, good on me, past past John Pingle, you did a good job there. I yeah, I would I would have to go back and re-listen. I did not catch that, but I was catching the fact that you've basically just condemned her best friend to death. Hey, babe, you want to go hey, bitch? Hey, leave it to him to badly time a proposal. That is. And I thought I had bad timing, but uh, that is... I've had bad timing in the past. That's pretty bad timing. Yeah. Or is that just, he doesn't... Yeah, it's just bad timing. We'll just leave (laughs) it at that. Uh, I love the doctor chilling on this, like, bearskin rug in this... uh, That was the funniest thing, where he's just sitting there, and they're like, yep, you're going to die. And he's like, whatever, I don't care. You guys are (laughs) dumb. There, there were a couple of points in this story where I, I was watching it, and I feel like I'm like, I, I, I just, I need to overlay some of the, you know, like bad, you know, guitar porn music in the background, um, and I'm like, was, was anybody aware of this? They probably weren't. No, but they probably were not. At about this point in the story, I kind of had the feeling, I'm like, you know what, there actually is a lot of social commentary going on in this episode that is laying just 
under the surface. Go on. Well, if you want I mean, to, you don't have to. Well, I mean, obviously, we get a lot of, um, you know, Hepish trying to influence Peladon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of religion trying to influence the state. Now, granted, he it turns out he's got spoilers. He's got his own political motivations for doing so. Yes. But that in itself is, of course, a social commentary as well. I don't know that there is necessarily as much commentary when it comes to, like, Peladon constantly hitting on Joe. I got a feeling that was just the 70s. Probably, yes. But looking at it today, we can obviously pull some lessons from it of how not to ingratiate yourself with a charming lady. Yes, very um, true. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It just it was one of those things where I, I kind of had this feeling of like, I feel like the writer of this episode is trying to say something. Not Maybe they're from the future. Over the head with it. <laughs> Maybe they're from the future. Maybe. We'll never know. That's or we fun. will. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I have a note here. Imagine trying to act with this giant balloon creature. Just like this giant pickle. <laughs> Now, does I, it? I, do you I, think it sounds like that on set, or do you think it's some just uh, just some reading the lines? Just someone reading the lines. AR. Yes, I I I would bet with my knowledge of you know the production of the show at, at that period of time that 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 uh, uh, the voice actress was on set and and doing the voice. Yeah, and I I, I will admit I do have a soft spot in my heart for Alpha Centauri just because. It was one of those characters that, like, when you thought of classic Who, in, in terms of, of the creatures on the show, one that always pops up. Here's this, you know, giant, as you say, one-eyed pickle. Yes. Uh, because hermaphroditic exopod is just too many syllables. I understand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so there's always been that soft spot. And, and honestly, my memories of seeing this story when I was, you know, like a tween, mm-hmm. um, and then, and then watching it again now as an adult, and I'm like, it, it hasn't quite held up the same way. And, and because there's all this this bickering amongst the Galactic uh, uh, Federation delegates. And yeah, Alpha Centauri is really kind of high-pitched and panicky. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting really kind of tired of listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. It was just the whole thing. But I... You know, I still have to come back to it. Just still one of the best cosplays I saw at Gallifrey One this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hands down. It was such a great job. And it's around this point that we do get the doctor um, with the hypnotizing mirror singing routine. Yes. And actually, is that before? No, that is before. Okay. So the doctor kind of, I believe he kind of escapes through the tunnels looking for Agador. Yeah. And he uses the mirror on him and he sings to him and um, he's trying to just, you know, he's trying to like whisk him away so he can show everyone like, see, look, here's this thing. He's real. He's an actual thing. And apparently, I don't know how he make th- made this connection, but he's like, yeah, there's a, probably a whole bunch of these things on this on this planet. Do you remember that? He's like, hey, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things on this planet, and Hepish took one and put yeah, it in here. Exactly. Yeah, I don't remember how he made that connection either. Yeah. Um, but I do remember him making it. Yes. I don't know. Maybe it's he's maybe Agador is just, you know, our, our Bigfoot of this I guess, episode. I guess so, yeah. And it's around this time we find out that um 
Punchbowl head is actually also in on this whole thing. Oh, we we find it out pretty soon after John Pertwee be- Beyond Thunderdome begins. Yes, because it's right as Part Four starts that we find out that that Arcturus and in a v- incredibly rapid fire. Yes, uh, uh, would you say scene. is it six rounds rapid? I it might only be five. I'm not sure. Five rounds rapid. That sounds more like uh, it. Yeah. So. All right, I guess let's not ju- jump ahead here. So Joe uh, ends up, like, trying to burn Agador. Yeah, chases him off. And the doctor calls her an idiot. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know why I had such a reaction. that I was like, doctor, how dare you? But, I mean, I guess it was kind of dumb that she didn't read the situation that was happening. No, no, she very much rushed into it. And she's like, how thought he was trying to attack you. I was just trying to save you. And, you know, the doctor has this kind of like pause and this kind of like, you know, fatherly moment of like, I know. (laughs) I know, but you ruined everything. (laughs) So let's talk about a medieval times dinner theater here, shall we? Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Like, (laughs) I was like, oh boy, here we go. And I was like, this is amazing. This is so cool. I had such a good time in this battle where it was, it was, I guess, a staff fight at first, like a bow, bow staff fight. And yes. then it turned into a sword versus a bow staff. And then it turned into the doctor. I mean, I guess he didn't really use, you know, karate chops or anything, but he used like a lot of weight advantage, you know, using their weight against mm-hmm. them. It was really mm-hmm. cool. I thought it was a well um, thought out fight. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was very well choreographed. And the the doctor ends up winning. I did like when he got his foot caught in the. Uh, I thought that was very clever too. Mm-hmm. He got his foot mm-hmm. caught in the netting, and he's like, "Oh crap! I gotta get out <laughs> of this." Um, and it kind of looked like Pertwee took some some of his own, you know, falls there. It sure seemed that way. Like at least one. I saw one where he was probably like, no, I can do this one. <laughs> um, and the doctor wins I, and he says, yeah, I'm not going to kill you because, you know, I'm the doctor and I don't do that right. stuff. <laughs> and then uh, we hear the 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 f- sweet sounds of the uh, death satellite, as I like to call it. Uh, yes. And I'm like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And um, we open episode four with the Ice Warriors going, yeah, this is not going down. And they mm-hmm. explode Arturus. He's gone. He is yeah. gone. He blowed up real good. Yeah. And I feel like at this point, uh, Grum kind of, he's like, yeah, I'm done with this Hepish guy. Mm-hmm. And he tries to take him by force, and he fights off all these guards. But uh, Hepish ends up getting the best of him. And Hepish is like, well, I'm going to... Lead this resistance now. Yeah, and and it, it it turns into a little bit of a mess. There's just a lot of oh, there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of stabbing. Chaos. There is. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of chaos. Peladon just standing there. Yes, he's just kind of standing there. Well, I mean, I guess we do get the shot of him with uh, the the knife to his throat. Yes. Um, but <laughs> this is just so wacky. Uh, we get like the I think. The doctor tells Joe to go. He's like, go vote for peace. And then, I don't know, do something. 
Mm-hmm. And they all vote for peace, but I love that for some reason, uh, Giant Pickle decided like uh, to be hesitant about it. Yeah. She's like, no, death to everyone. Was that a good <laughs> Alpha Centauri impression? I don't even know. It, it, it was either that or Julia Child. I'm not sure which you were channeling. Hello! And that would be uh, Robin Williams, rest in peace, uh, and Mrs. Doubtfire. So oh, there you go. It was indeed a drive-by fruiting. I don't know. <laughs> Drive by fruiting. Um, God, what a movie! What a great movie. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, we get the scene where how many men have attacked you? A bunch. That was <laughs> that was the best. Like he puts up his hands. Like he goes. Like I think he puts up like four, and and Pertwee's just like, ah, forget it. Oh, you were attacked yeah. by many men. Oh my goodness, who attacked you? H. I'm putting everything together. Where are you taking me? Oh boy, I was like, I'm not watching Lassie. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I should. You know what I should have done for my Doctor Who reaction? I should have put the Lassie theme over that. That would have been pretty good. I should have actually taken uh, the Doctor and Grum descending into the uh, the dinner theater and overlaid the uh, uh, the the scene from Beyond Thunderdome. Oh my goodness! Direct from out of the wasteland. You know him. You love him. <laughs> um, I tried to do the HR Puff and stuff theme, but it didn't really oh, work out. That would have been good, too. Which almost drove me insane because I was trying to match it up, and it was just like the HR Puffin stuff like for a minute and a half, and I was like, all right, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm just going to drive myself crazy. Yeah, don't blame you. And the doctor's like, all right, I'm going to give this Agador thing a try again. Mm-hmm. And I love that he's like, oh, look, you're all calm. Let me grab you by the horn and lead you. <laughs> I'm like, just tell him to come. I'm sure he would just follow you. You don't have to like that's like grabbing somebody by their nose and just leading them along. That's not cool, doctor. Right. Take the Agador by the horn. And uh, Hepish gives um, Peladon the ultimatum, basically, like, join me, Luke, or die. <laughs> and I hope the doctor's like, hey, here's Agador. He's all real. And Hepish is like, no, no, he's not. Oh, I'm dead now. Uh, <laughs> and everyone's like i like that uh peladon's like all right i have control again i guess i won't kill any of you there will be no punishment i love that he was kind of there'll be no punishment yeah there should be but i kind of need you guys yeah (laughs) and we kind of find out that the time lords have been mucking with where the tardis is going yeah or that is the suspicion those those lousy time lords (laughs) <laughs> and, and then we, oh go ahead oh go ahead no no you go ahead i was just gonna say i have a note here that says agador is a big old softy <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know why that's a note but it's there and then i have the note like oh he was wearing shorts and long boots the entire time yeah that that to so me I, was the most shocking thing in this episode <laughs> not the talking pickle not that the uh the ice warriors were actually good the entire episode it was that he was wearing shorts this entire time. Yeah, I I don't know what to tell you about that. I I I find it uh, uh, kind of neat that we we get uh, we get three kind of referencing Elizabeth the first when they're talking about you know coronations and stuff because they're going to stick around for for Peladons. I would love to see a story uh, where three and ten run into each other. Uh, oh my! The time of Elizabeth the first. That would be crazy. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be fun. How would you do? How would you go about doing that? That would have to be a big finish, I think. 
Uh, that would have to be, yeah, if not a fanfic, then then a big finish. Somebody doing Pertwee's voice and, and David Tennant. And, or you could maybe yeah. try and convince Pertwee's son, who is on, uh, yeah. who is on Gotham as Alfred, yeah. and he is great. I love him. He's a very good <laughs> actor. Convince him to do it. Yeah, that would be cool. So Peladon, one more time, he's like, hey, uh, you and me, let's uh, rule this planet, huh? And she's like. At first, she kind of seems a little hesitant. Yeah, I, I this if if you had never like if you, this was a very first viewing, you'd be like, oh, is is Joe leaving? Yeah, and um, she ends up leaving, and they're like, you know what, we should go say bye to everyone before we take off, and mm-hmm. we round the corner. This was great. I loved it. I loved because this so- is such like um a new who bit. Didn't it I, have like a new who feel to it? It it does, but at the same time, I'm like, this is so. The ending of this story is like so quintessentially Doctor Who. Yes, that like like if somebody wanted, if somebody asked me for a a, a an example from classic Who, of like you know when you think like you know the ending of a story in Doctor Who, what would you think of it? I would I would point to this and be like, this this is like quintessentially what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. It is. So they round the corner and uh, everyone's standing there with this uh, new woman we haven't seen. And she's like, but I'm the representative from Earth. And they're like, no, you're not. It was this it was this princess and this doctor. And she goes, doctor, doctor who? And I'm like, nailed it. Exactly. And they get into the TARDIS and they are just off and they disappear. And everyone's just kind of like, what? Oh no 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 no! The 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 head ice warrior, you know, Darth Darth Ice Warrior, has literally the best last line. <laughs> literally, what is that? Yes, what is that? <laughs> oh my god! And boom, off they go. And off, off they go on another uh, adventure. Uh, what do you think of this episode or these episodes? It yeah, this story it it was. I, I'm glad we watched it. I mean, like I said, it 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 was one of those ones that I I remember seeing a couple times, you know, on PBS when I was younger, and it, it I don't I didn't really remember like all the particulars of the story. It, it was enjoyable, but it's it's one of those stories that I feel you know kind of runs that line between being kind of like just you know good old classic Doctor Who, and it gets just a, a little bonkers but it doesn't get there like the way that like kinda or, yes or, or uh you know some other like you know fifth doctor stories really goes kind of bonkers and so it's it's kind of stuck in this middle ground i mean i still enjoyed it it's always kind of fun to go back and watch watch some of the older ones and i've been saying for a while that we were going to watch this so yeah i mean it was it was fun you know it's not something that would make a top 10 list but it's it's still enjoyable. Agreed. I I agree on all fronts. Um, I think it was I thought it was a well thought out story. Sometimes you know I'm it like was. oh boy what's going on here. But I did like the misdirect with the ice warriors again. You know they're usually evil. They're not this time. That was great. Uh, giant pickle was weird. <laughs> That's just like such a weird weird thing. Anyway, I I thought everyone did did a great job. It was a lot of fun. I really really enjoyed. It. Like check out that that fight scene. It was really good, and I yeah. I I was not expecting to to like it as much as I did, but I was happy to do that to nice. like it and enjoy it. 
So, uh, Taylor and I talked uh, before we started recording, and I know we actually said, well, I mean, we, we kind of had a, an interview, which was great. Yes. So we said that episode 102 would be our, uh, I guess, rating of the doctors. And uh, I had actually was thinking about this on the way home today. And I said to Taylor, I'm like, you know what? Technically, Capaldi's run isn't over yet. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you never know. This episode could put him over another doctor. Who knows? In our rankings. I don't want there to be any, you know, what ifs. What if we had done Mm -hmm. it later? So we'll wait. We're going to wait till Capaldi leaves us. Always in our hearts, though. Uh, so we're yeah. we're gonna wait till the new year. So that'll probably be like our new year episode because I mean we'll have a lot of time in between there. I mean we have a lot of time now, but there you go. So next time, which um, when is the next? Like, let's just talk about this right now. When is the next time we're supposed to record? Uh, two weeks out. Today is the. Oh, I'll be here. Thirteenth. Okay. Yeah, it'll, it'll I... be the weekend before Long Beach. Okay. Good. That's what I was worried about. So mm-hmm. next time we will be watching the happiness patrol. I believe an episode that has been on my list for a while, um, starring Sylvester McCoy as the doctor and Sophie Aldred as ace friend of the show, by the way, yes. uh, it was directed by Chris Klug and written by Graham Curry. So there you go. That's going to, that's going to be what we're doing next time. I believe there's a pink TARDIS in that. Ah, uh, yes. Um, very excited to see this pink TARDIS. And apparently this is just like a bonkers episode. It is a bit. I saw the still and I went, oh boy, I don't know what that thing is, but I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, we got anything else we need to plug before I get into the usual plugs? I don't think so. All right. So you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP thrice and you can follow Taylor on Twitter. At Apex Buddha. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Podcastica. And please rate and review us, guys. That would be great if you could do that. Um, apparently, uh, when you feed the iTunes machine five-star reviews, um, it bumps you up more. So you should do that, please. That would be great. And also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the NOTLG. Head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our Podcastica shirts or buy one of our The Future in Time and Space is female shirts. Um, friend of the show, Shannon, recently bought one for her daughter. I saw that. And tagged me in it. And yes. that made me very happy. You should all get this shirt, spread it around. And as I said, wear it. And argue with idiots. <laughs> and also, uh, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Uh, anything you would like to donate money-wise to us would be greatly appreciated. Trying to, we got some upkeep, and we would like yeah. to keep giving you this. I mean, we probably will either way, but I mean, you know. <laughs> Look, I, I, uh, real talk, I'd like to do this full time. So uh, let's do that. Okay. Get to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Check out the Y-axes. They have always been amazing to us. They do our music, uh, twitter.com slash the Y-axes. Like their Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Y-axes. And buy something from their Bandcamp site, the Y-axes.bandcamp.com. They're also on Spotify. And that is how the plugs are done. Join us again next time. 
as we talk about the happiness patrol. I'm oddly very excited for this. And, um, yes. Um, and we will talk to you guys next time. See ya. See ya. What is it, boy? Who fell down? Joe fell down the well. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NLTLG.com.